This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. Good afternoon and welcome to Talking Travel this afternoon. For our sponsor, Travel World Onking, this is Deb Austin. And as always, we welcome Sally Lucas. Hi, Sal. Hi, Deb. How's things with you this week? Very well, thank you. And we're off to beautiful Thailand. I thought so. And this time to northern Thailand, I spoke, uh, well, probably years ago now, about the Isan region, which is sort of to the northeast and bordering along the Mekong. But of course, if you go almost, I suppose, directly north, if you like, Chiang Mai. Now, Chiang Mai is, is a lovely, lovely city. Um, they call it the jewel of northern Thailand. And of course, it's where you get some of the highest mountains um, in Thailand. So you get a little bit of relief from the heat, because if you know Bangkok, it's only about something like 23 feet above sea level. So you get, get quite quite oppressively hot in Bangkok. Whereas you go up there and, and you've got all these wonderful things you can do in and around Chiang Mai, which I thought I'd talk about today. I had some friends just go there recently who are currently in the Phuket region and they can't get over how cheap everything was in Chiang Mai. Like, we, we think things are cheap in Phuket, which they are, but they're even cheaper mm. in Chiang Mai, like the purchases, um, the massages, you know, and the beautiful Thai massages. They're just, you know, around every street corner, you know, so you can just really spoil yourself and shout yourself these wonderful things. And also, as I said, from a cultural point of view, they've got lots of festivals happen up there throughout the year, you know. So depending what time of year you go, you might be there when the flower festival's on or whatever. So there's some lovely things to do. And they have this wonderful night. Bazaar, which is fantastic. And the food of northern Thailand is different as well. So you're getting a whole different type of food. And the language, believe it or not, is different. Mm. The language. Because originally it was a separate kingdom. So therefore they had a different language. And they've kept that style of language. So it, it's about, I suppose, 700 k's north of Bangkok to give people an idea of the distance. It stands on the, the Ping River which is a major tributary of the Chao Praya River, which runs through Bangkok, which is the major river in Thailand. And it's become increasingly a modern city now, as before, I guess, it was thought of more like a a hillside retreat, if Mm. you like, if you know what I mean. Mm. But you've still got that diversity and you've still got the ability to have that feel because you've got so many different standards of accommodation from beautiful, um, you might have heard of um, some of the resorts called Chedi. There's some in Bali and everywhere. Sensational. Sensational. (laughs) So you can stay on the edge of the forest on the outskirts of Chiang Mai and still get this wonderful forest feel. And and you're just quite close into the city as well to take advantage, as I said, of the massage, the shopping, the Mm. night bazaars fabulous food and you know just just really to die for and the other thing you've got there of course which I always get a few tears in my eye when I read about this but um, they've got that wonderful elephant camp which is probably about 60 or 70 k's out and you you can do a day trip there Mm. and they rescue either orphaned or wounded elephants wonderful and you can just go there as a day or you can go there as a volunteer for a week and if people are interested, and I think elephants are the most marvellous of creatures, and they live a life very much like a human being, and their work life is about the same as ours. Like they, if they're working elephant, they work till they're around sixty-five. Mm. Um, they like to bathe every morning, like we do. And I think their pregnancy is a little bit longer. Oh, well, thank God we don't have that in common with them. But, uh, that's three years, isn't it? Or nearly it's a three long years. Time. But then they're mm. a very big animal, aren't they? So, but yeah. yes, so they bathe every morning. You know, they, they, they eat and then they go to work. Work and then they come home and they're just they're placid and friendly, unless of course they're enraged agitated. by yeah. someone doing something to them. Mm. And, and they say how an elephant never forgets, but on the other hand, they're very forgiving because when you go to this elephant camp, I mean, obviously they've got these wonderful handlers looking after them, and there's one there who's quite an age now and she's blind in both oh. eyes, and she has a, another younger elephant 
looks after her, mm-hmm. you know, just like we would, not with an older parent mm-hmm. or something. And how she lost those eyes is just the saddest story. She was she was giving birth to an elephant and it rolled down the hill and died. Oh. And they, no one was oh. helping her. And the mahout got angry with her because she wouldn't work after she lost the baby. She was she was suffering depression with the loss of the child. So he gouged one of her eyes out. Oh no! And I mean, just dreadful it's things happen. <laughs> There's happier things, but the happy thing is that she's been rescued mm. and she's still living a virtual normal life by these wonderful people when I say they're very forgiving it was a human being that did that to her but Mm. here you've got other wonderful human beings help her still live the life that an elephant should live you know what I mean so if you really love these creatures you could do it only works out about I think it's about roughly I estimated with the baht it was about 12,000 baht um, for a a, a week or it might have been five days Um, but that includes accommodation three meals a day and apparently you're not really roughing it they've, they've got composting toilets and, and showers, even though only cold ones. The ad- accommodation is quite adequate and, of course, three beautiful Thai meals a day. Mm. And you're helping these wonderful creatures and you help wash them and feed them and, you know, attend to them. And I just thought it would be a wonderful thing to do if you have that love of animals and, in particular, elephants. So Chiang Mai has a lot to offer. They've got river rafting. They've got everything there. And, as I said, very reasonably priced. And you're just getting away from that hustle and bustle of, of Bangkok. And not everyone wants a beach resort like Phuket. No, they want to experience all that difference back in back to nature. Yeah. Yes, and you're bordering right on near Burma there, you know, you're, mm. you're way north. And, of course, you, the people are different and the costuming is different again. Like when I was in Vietnam and you go way north up there, you know. So, yes, you're going to experience a whole different style of Thai people and beautiful food and beautiful nature and surrounds. So just think of Chiang Mai if you're doing a holiday to Thailand. You're listening to Talking Travel. So more on Thailand. More on Thailand. Um, there's a little village out of Chiang Mai. It's only about 12 kilometres to the south. And it just started as a wood carving village. And it's called Ban Tawai. B-A-A-N. T-A-W-A-I they have a website if anyone's interested in having a look at that as well if you just google it it'll come up with a few websites for Ban Tawai and it's actually the largest handicraft village in Thailand and it's also now it's not just woodwork it's everything from ceramics to sculptures to you know, of Buddhas and carvings and antiquity, antiquities as well that have come in actually across the border, even from Burma and Laos and so on. So you're getting a marvellous array of goods. At, and again, the prices um, would be half as much as you would pay anywhere else in Thailand. Mm, and you're still getting a good deal then. And yeah, and as I mentioned to you earlier about these friends that have just been there and they went here as well and they've had shipped home two of the most, you show me photos, two of the most magnificent Buddhist statues which are going to stand each side of their front door. They're very popular at the moment for gardens and courtyards, aren't they? they? Mm. And um, she said they were just so cheap and they organise shipping, it's friendly, it's no one's hassling you and it's, as I said, it's also won awards as the best handicraft village in, in Thailand. But you're seeing all the artisans at work as well and apparently it was well renowned for it, particularly its woodwork and the skill of the woodworkers and you can see this happening of course and a lot of the things are typically, as I said, northern Thai with some things that are now coming in you know, from other areas. So I would certainly try and include that on your visit if you're in, in Chiang Mai as well. Mm. They just said it was absolutely amazing and you can it's divided into areas, you know, there's all the woodworks in one area, all the ceramics and even the road leading in now, there's little shops and stalls are starting to come in. So you're getting an avenue of 
Oh, good. You know, mm. and it's just a wonderful place if you're interested in buying, you know, some natural artefacts that you would like to bring home. And as if they're big, they'll ship them for you. So mm. no problem at all. Also with the culture, we did mention some of that earlier, how they have festivals. And they do have a lot of festivals in Thailand in general. Like a lot of these Asian countries, I mean, India's another one that's got a festival every other day, I think. <laughs> but um, if you want to be there when any of these are on, there's one called the Loi Kratong. And that's held on the full moon of the 12th month in the traditional Thai lunar calendar. Now, in the Western calendar, this usually falls in November, but of course you can always check this again through, there's another website called Amazing Thailand, and that's the tourist authority of Thailand in Australia, and they are most helpful will give you out information on Thailand and letting you know when festivals or anything's on, or of course through your travel agent if you, if you don't mm. have a, a computer yourself. I think, yeah, do, with all these sorts of things, Sally, I think it's a great idea to actually speak with your travel agent and speak to your favourite because yes. then they will organise and make sure that you, 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 you are aware of all these fantastic places to go and see because sometimes yes. you can't find that on the internet. You don't no. need ne- know where to look, whereas the travel agent can always help you. We can direct you, and if mm. even if or we can you know, print off information as well, of course. But if they want to access it themselves, that's fine. We can give them phone numbers, you know, the the names of the tourist bodies that are based in Australia, and they're fabulous to go and visit. Like if you want to have a little day trip down to Sydney and go to the different tourist authorities of the countries you're going to and collect all this information, because the brochures are quite heavy if you like the actual hard copy of a you know a nice coloured brochure mm, a lot of people do. well that's right and these tourist authorities aren't wealthy so they can't afford to be posting, posting. Mm. out a lot of heavy brochures all the time so I always recommend to people you know, take a trip to Sydney and go and visit some of these tourist authorities they're more than helpful as well as your travel agent who'll you know, head you in the right direction as well so that's one of the things and what they do with this they have um, assemble floating banana leaf containers decorated with flowers and candles and they all just float down the river oh, beautiful. and it just, it's just just beautiful. Uh, that candles come a lot into what they do. A lot of the festivals involve water and using candles, and it's fantastic. Then they've got Songkran, which is another festival held in mid-April, and that celebrates the traditional Thai New Year, and lots of festivals and parades, and there's a Miss Songkran beauty competition happens mm-hmm. then, etc., etc. Um, there's a flower festival, which is three days held in the first weekend in February each year, which is wonderful, and again, you've got uh, all the beautiful tropical flowers then are in full bloom, and they have these wonderful floral floats and parades and traditional dancing etc and and Sally the people are really friendly aren't they Absolutely. And that was a comment. Again, these friends I've met in Vietnam, it was just interesting listening to other people, you know, talk about a country. And she couldn't get over again the friendliness of the Thai people and they loved the food and how it was so inexpensive. And, of course, Vietnam is very much the same as well. And they love that. That customer service is really high on their agenda. It's very, very important. It's Mm. something we could learn a lot from Deb Mm -hmm. out here. But, yes, so just keep all these festivals in mind. But the other thing also remember to check on when some things are closed, you know, with your tourist authority or agent because you don't want to be somewhere to visit a particular museum, art gallery, whatever. Like a special holiday. Yeah, and find Mm. it's a special holiday or it's not open. So Mm. always keep that in the back of your mind to check what's on when you're in that particular city or what's closed as well. It's a good idea and another thing to contact your travel agent about as well. And that's Talking Travel this week for our sponsor, Travel World on King. Thanks, Sal. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Deb. Will do. And we'll be back next week after the one o'clock news for more great travel ideas right here on 2NURFM 103.7.